Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today, we are going to break down the Monday night football showdown slate between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. It is a game that actually matters, right? The Philadelphia Eagles, if they win this, they go into a statistical tie with the Dallas Cowboys. They still have to play each other, and probably that game would end up deciding the division if I had to guess or bet on it. So this game does indeed matter. It's in Philadelphia with the, um, I was going to say 76ers, but with the Eagles as a six-point favorite. Welcome to the channel and the podcast. If you are indeed new here, my name is Sal Betri, and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We got NBA content going out every day. Urge you to check that out if you are somebody who plays in those streets but has not yet dabbled in my NBA content. But again, we do have right here the NFL stuff uh, linked up down below are my social medias. You can check me out on Instagram at SalVetriDFS and on Twitter. Um, at the exact same thing, at Salvatry DFS on Twitter and Salvatry on Instagram. And then Patreon is my exclusive content linked up down below. I will have uh, tiers, my rankings for the showdowns over on Patreon later today, uh, as well as content going out every single day over on Patreon for NBA and NFL. We do a couple podcasts a week, a live stream, a bunch of data sheets, notes, things like that. So anything that you're really probably interested in or things that will help you in your game, you can check that out over there on Patreon. That's my exclusive content. Keeps the lights on. Also, if you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It also keeps the lights on. If you let me know down below right now, who is your favorite play below $5,000 on this slate? Just let me know in the comments. You have to be a subscriber to enter this, but you'll be entered into a raffle, all of your comments on all these videos throughout the week. And on Friday, I will announce another winner for $25. The other gentleman, I think it was Marcus, I can't remember the name, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, uh, was PayPal'd uh, $25 the other day, so uh, somebody who won the contest, you can get in that as well. Who's your favorite play below 5000 If you're listening on the audio version, you can also hop over to the YouTube channel, you can tag me on Twitter and let me know. Uh, also, you can leave a five-star rate and review, that counts as three entries, the five-star rate and review, let me know your Twitter handle or a PayPal when you enter the contest down below in the comments or over on the audio version. That's it. That's all the plugs. Hit the subscribe button before you get into it. It does really help me out. Uh, So on this sheet for the showdown slate, I have 22 players listed. Um, Out of those 22 players, I have 13 that I have interest in. We're still working through some injuries. Lots of injuries on the slate already um, that we already kind of have a lean or an automatic out. Players already ruled out. We'll go through those right now quickly. So for the Giants... Uh, on the defensive side, Jabril Peppers is going to be shut down for the rest of the season. A safety there, also a special teams player for them, returner. But then for the offense, the thing that matters most for them right now is you see no Evan Ingram or Rhett Ellison once again. Uh, so you're going to have Caden Smith acting as the uh, primary tight end, primary pass catching tight end. And Scott Simonson will act as the secondary backup tight end for the Giants. That's about it. It seems like Golden Tate will be returning in this one from his concussion. He should move back into the slot, moving Sterling Shepard to the outside, as well as Darius Slayton, the rookie, to the outside, which will bump down uh, Cody Lattimore and Scott in that wide receiver rotation to number four and five. Lattimore four, Scott five. On the Eagles side of the ball, does not seem like Jordan Howard is going to suit up. Not officially ruled out yet, but doubtful. And Nelson Aguilar is a true game time decision for this one. So those are the main main injury news there. Uh, Matt Collins was released by the Eagles, a wide receiver who who was just playing pitiful for them, really not catching or getting any separation, uh, had no catches for five straight weeks. So yeah, you're going to have to cut a guy like that, not contributing at all. Those are the main injuries outside of uh, the obvious one that was ruled out a week ago, pretty much in Daniel Jones, not going to be suiting up. And you get Eli Manning starting for this one, dusting him off um, for this game here, divisional game, NFC East battle. 
So let's get into it. My yes is I have four, and then overall I have 13 players listed, which gives your remaining nine players as guys I have interest in, but maybe not as much of a priority. And they're still ranked higher, and you can get my rankings on Patreon if you're interested. But Zach Ertz at 9,400, these are not my rankings here. How they come in yeses, that does not mean Ertz is my favorite play. If you're new here, it's just the way that my Google Sheets filters probably by salary i believe that's what it's looking like at least for right here uh, so zach Ertz at 9400 look over the last month of the season this guy is running 40.25 routes per week so they ended up giving miles sanders 17 carries last week but for the most part they've been very timid to let the guy get more than 15 carries and even in the game last week where they give him 17 carries Ertz still throws 40 plus times so Ertz is running 40.25 routes per week uh, over the last month of the season over that time he's averaging 8.3 receptions per game 78 yards per game and he has two touchdowns in those four games in this matchup he'll have a positive 20 percent matchup against um Bethay. so Antoine Bethay, he'll have a positive 20 percent matchup higher than average just a really good spot for Zach Ertz here and another spot where Jordan Howard is not likely to suit up they've only given JHI 18 total snaps and eight total touches in the two weeks that he's been playing three total weeks on the team now only was active to get touches for two of those weeks it does not seem like a spot that they're going to continue to pound the rock here uh, maybe if they get ahead big but if they are Ertz is probably having a nice game Miles Sanders at 8600 also a yes for me he's played 86 percent of the snaps over the last three weeks he's the only guy really getting snaps Jay Ajayi like I said has only gotten 18 snaps over the last three weeks since becoming an eagle they finally fed him last week five receptions on five targets ends up getting a touchdown there I uh, might have had another touchdown if he wasn't overthrown um, by Carson Wentz in that game. And then you also had 17 carries on the ground, which was a career high for him, I believe. 105 total yards in the touchdown. He's the only running back to run a route the last three weeks since Jordan Howard has gotten hurt for the Eagles, which is good. And he's running 38 routes per week over that time, 114 total. Lots of upside there against this really bad Giants defense, ranked 25th overall. Uh, third is the Eagles at 5,800. I, I was skeptical to make them a yes. I ended up making them a yes. I was going to put them at his a maybe but you get the 18th ranked pass protection um, unit here in this offensive line for the Giants but now you're down two tight ends right Evan Ingram and Zach uh, or Rhett Ellison not the greatest blocking tight ends but you're still down two tight ends which is going to help with your offensive line there at times and now you have the Philly um, third ranked pass rush here so a top three pass rush coming in against the line that virtually is like bottom a third of the league right there at 18th without your top two tight ends and also you have to keep in mind that you have an old and old and cold cold and old Eli Manning coming in who's not mobile right so that makes it even worse it's not Daniel Jones who can maybe evade some rushes and fumble but for the most part just kind of keep plays alive evade the rush Eli Manning's not going to be able to do that more of a sitting duck in there so I ended up putting them as a yes it's just a really good spot with Eli being back there even Daniel Jones would have been a nice spot because the guy fumbles a lot fumble prone is a rookie but since you have just no mobility for Eli it's going to be a good spot Dallas Goddard at 4,800. Like this guy too. Look, we talked about Ertz seeing a ton of routes over the last month. So is Goddard. They're running a ton of uh, two tight end sets. It's really been hurting when he's healthy. Nelson Aguilar, they're just not running uh, three wide receiver sets anymore because they have two really good tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Ertz. They did this last year, the most out of any team in the league. They're doing it once again, 4,800 over the last month of the season. He's averaging 31.8 routes run per week. And during that span of the past month, the last four games, five receptions for 43.3 yards per game. He's getting a lot of red zone usage. He had one touch down in that span but if you go back through the last six games he's had three touchdowns 
Same red zone usage as Ertz over the last month, and he's playing around 80% of the snaps as of late. He got banged up in the last game. He only played around 60% of the snaps, but before that, the previous three was averaging 80% of the snaps. So at 4800 you're paying a little bit more than a kicker for him, right? $800 more than uh, Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker, $1,000 more than Rosas, uh, but you have way more upside there. I mean, what his averages over the past month are about 10 fantasy points, um, which a kicker is going to have on a really good day, but then you have the clear upside that uh, Goddard can go for his 16-point-plus games like we've seen a couple of times this season. So those are my four yeses. Had a couple of players that I put very close to yeses. They'll be the next people that I talk about here. Saquon Barkley at 10,600. Look, the Eagles run defense is still a top five unit in the league. This defensive line is extremely scary, uh, but Saquon's still playing 95% of the snaps. Uh, last two weeks, he's played 95% or more percent of the snaps. He's had 21.8 touches per game over the last five games. Just based on the fact that he's not making a ton of noise, he had over 100 total yards last week against the Packers for the first time in a month, month and a half, but he's still getting touches. 22, pretty much approximately 21.8 over the last five games. You had Wayne uh, Gallman, the backup running back, get no touches last week, only played about two snaps the week before, so it's Saquon's backfield, and with Eli being back, he's way more likely to check down than Daniel Jones, and he's a completely less mobile. So when Daniel Jones picks up 15 rushing yards in the game, those more times than not are probably going to end up being dump-offs to Saquon Barkley when Eli Manning is back there. So I think your projection for Saquon in this game, probably with Eli Manning back there, honestly goes up. You're probably going to see two to three more checkdown passes, and if that's the case, you're probably seeing five more points as a median, and that's if he doesn't break off a long run, right? Off of those. So, yeah, I do think that Saquon at 10,600 as a six-point road favorite, it's clearly sketchy, and that's why I ultimately ended up making him a secondary option for me on this slate because of the price tag and the just game environment and the matchup being brutal, but I do think his passing game involvement will be much higher here with Eli Manning back under center. Caden Smith, Giants tight end, going to be the primary guy here. Had a nice game last week against the Packers, who struggle against all tight ends. Five receptions, 70 yards given up. He had a touchdown the week before that. So he's been a really good fill-in here, uh, working ahead of Scott Simonson. He's ran 69 routes to Simonson's 13 over the last two games uh, with no Rhett Ellison or um, Evan Ingram. He's had 11 receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets during that span. So I mean, it's really good usage in that span, right? He had five catches last week, six catches the week before. Um, so it's been it's been a good span for him right now. Uh, you have just a ton of routes run, no Ingram and Ellison, like I said. Eli uses his tight ends often here, and you're probably going to get a spot where uh, Smith is going to be on the field way more, way more, especially in passing situations than you see Simonson. So at 2,200, cheaper than tight ends, I would imagine somewhere around five targets here, maybe even six. At 2,200, it's hard to pass up. Honestly, he's probably going to end up being a yes for me. I'll make him a yes right now. He's just $2,000 cheaper than these kickers. Um, if not more. So it's a nice spot. Uh, next up, Alshon Jeffrey, $9,200. He'll get to see Janoris Jenkins, who has been solid this year in the last month and a half or so. Bad the last game, the whole entire secondary was um, against the Packers. Uh, but you get, and he was worked by Devontae Adams, as many people are. But you get his overall production and his pass rating against being in the 60s. It's very much skewed because he has four interceptions. Pass rating does get skewed by interceptions, which it, it should be accounted for, but gets heavily skewed. So uh, he's nowhere near as good as his pass rating is going to indicate. I have Alshon projected for 10 targets in this game. It's interesting. I was talking today that Alshon Jeffrey's gone from, I mean, it's 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 happened over like a slow two-year span. It wasn't just overnight. But, I, I mean, the days in Chicago early on, the first two years of this guy's career, he was just a downfield threat. 
first two or three years um, in a weapon. Now he's just a big body box out receiver, but against this giant secondary, it's actually going to work in his favor, especially around the red zone. 9,200 makes him a secondary option. If he was like $1,000 cheaper, he would definitely be a primary option for me, but I just prefer Sanders, Zach Ertz, those guys who are very similar in price to him, more stable and maybe even more upside. Eli Manning at 8,200. I very much debated making Eli a no, but you'll see soon that I have Wentz as a no at 11,800. So just in terms of trying to get a quarterback in, if you wanted to pick one, I actually would pick Eli. That said, six-point underdog on the road, coming off the bench for not playing for two months in the cold, uh, hostile environment in Philadelphia against a top three pass rush, right? A secondary that, although last week got torched by Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami, has been improving up until that point. It's a terrible spot. I likely lean not to go to either of these quarterbacks, but if you were going to pick one, I'd pick Eli just because he's $3,600 cheaper than Wentz. And at the end of the day, yes, Wentz is a better quarterback than Eli. Uh, He is probably going to put up more fantasy points than him, but he has to put up a lot more at that price point, right? To make the whole puzzle fit together at the game theory side of it. It's not just who scores the most points. It's how can you get all those into a puzzle piece that makes you maximize the overall points of your lineup, not just the quarterback position. Um, Golden Tate at $8,000. He'll return from the concussion. He'll move into the slot. He'll resume playing his 30 routes out of the slot or so. He'll get to face Avante Maddox. It's a plus 22% advantage according to Pro Football Focus. So that's just 22% higher than average this matchup is. So a really good matchup against Maddox in the slot. Maddox in so far this season, 33 receptions, 401 yards, and a touchdown, no interceptions. So a good matchup right there when targeting the slot against Maddox for Golden Tate. $8,000 secondary option for me. We don't have a sample of Golden Tate really working with Eli Manning this season. Golden Tate came back week five from his suspension. So there's no sample uh, out there. Sterling Shepard at 7,200 is going to move to the outside. So when you have both Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard playing this season, it's only been two games, believe it or not. Uh, But 19 routes run out of the slot for Shepard. 59 for Golden Tate. Golden Tate is the primary slot receiver, so that does hurt Sterling Shepard. Him moving to the outside is brutal for him. He'll actually get a tougher matchup out there, one, but also just in general, playing on the outside compared to the slot is not great, especially if your quarterback has not been playing for a while and is going to face pass rush. Quicker passes usually go to the slot and the running backs, aka why I like Saquon Barkley a little more discussed earlier. But there is a connection with Sterling Shepard that there really isn't with Golden Tate or Darius Slayton, right? Eli knows Sterling Shepard, he knows Saquon in terms of playing with them. He has not really played with Golden Tate because of the suspension or this rookie Darius Slayton because he was kind of buried on the depth chart for the first month, a month and a half of the season while Eli was on the bench. He really didn't start breaking free. So uh, it's a spot where you're kind of betting on some of that experience at 7,200. I just really probably don't get there all that much, but he is a secondary option. He's a guy that if you're playing more than three, four or five lineups, I would start to get to. Uh, Both the kickers are in play, of course, as they always are. Um, They're right there in the same price point. They have the same field goal prop. So it's not a spot that I really have a stance on either of them. I'll just say don't play both of them because you're limiting your upside on this type of a slate. Greg Ward I have on here as an interest, but this can get tossed out the window depending on what happens with Alshon Jeff or um, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar's a game-time decision. If he doesn't play, uh, you'll have Greg Ward likely being the wide receiver too, running out of the slot. The issue there is that they just run so many two tight end sets that he probably, runs, he probably only runs 15 to 20 routes. But that said, he's only $200. So, I mean, if you're getting 15 to 20 routes out of a guy who's $200 against Grant Haley in the slot, who is a uh, bottom three slot cornerback in the league, according to Pro Football Focus for the Giants, it's a nice spot. So I actually would have interest and Greg Ward, who is running right now as a number, um, who would be the slot receiver, slot wide receiver behind Nelson Aguilar. Now some of my nose, so those are 13 players that I like. Uh, the rest of these are just nose. Carson Wentz at 11800 It's just a pricing play. He's just too expensive to fit the puzzle piece together, even against a bottom five pass rush and secondary. Look, Wentz can go for 24 here and still might not be needed, right? He could be needed if nobody else scores points, but if Saquon goes for 20, then that 10600 is probably going to be needed. And then if any of those 9,000 players between Ertz, um, Miles Sanders, Alshon, 
the 8K, 7K guys, right? If any of those three guys go off, any combination of them, you probably don't need Wentz unless Wentz goes for 30 plus. And I'll just assume that he doesn't here. So uh, yeah, I'm happy fading that. Once again, if you've been watching my videos, I've faded so far every single time, every $11,000 plus wide receiver when I play a showdown slate. And so far we are five for five. One of those Patrick Mahomes got injured. So we got a little bit lucky there. Darius Slayton at 6,800. Uh, look, it's a price point that's steeper now, but he doesn't have a rapport or a connection with Eli Manning. Now, he can just be talented, right? That's a thing. You can just get open and the quarterback throws you the ball, although Eli's been much worse, um, at least what we've seen from him this year. And I think two months now coming off the bench going into Philadelphia is not the greatest spot to return against this pass rush. And at the end of the day, I just don't think there's a connection there for this price point. If Darius Slayton was 4,800, yeah, I'd take shots on it. But you're paying top dollars if Daniel Jones is the guy back there throwing to Slayton. Slayton will have the toughest matchup on the field against Jalen Mills. Not a spot I want to get to at that price point. Nelson Aguilar, game time decision. Doesn't seem like he's going to suit up, uh, but if he does suit up, he's probably just going to fall victim to too many two tight end sets. He would just take on the role that I just discussed for Greg Ward, who would fill in for Aguilar if he missed, and he'd see 15 to 20 routes out of the slot based on how much um, they use two tight end sets, maybe 22 to 23. But at that price point, it's just not enough for me to really want to get there on short passes. It is a great matchup against Grant Haley, uh, but at 5,400, I think I'll just go elsewhere. Giants defense, no interest, 29th in pass rush, 30th in coverage, uh, 25th overall defense, and six point road dogs not a spot that i want to get to at all and then the rest of these are just cheap guys that don't have much upside to me arcega Whiteside right now likely no interest at this tag he's going to be the wide receiver five if aguilar suits up he'll be the wide receiver four behind ward um, behind uh, alshon he'd be the wide receiver four behind uh, alshon and ward in these eagles offense and then both of these uh, tight ends on the out or both of these tight ends he would probably be running yeah I'd probably actually be running as the wide receiver three on this team ward would probably still stay in the slot or wide receiver two ward would probably stay still stay in the slot so uh if there is no agler i'll take a white side you can move up a little bit there he's two thousand dollars i guess he can maybe become a maybe on this slate because now Matt Collins is released. I'll make him a maybe, but he's a low end maybe for me. I would prefer Greg Ward if those series of events unfolded. Uh, JHI only seen eight total touches um, and 18 snaps the two games that he's been playing. They didn't even play him two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago before that. They just didn't even give him a touch. So it doesn't seem like he has any upside here. Giants actually ranked top 10 in run defense. They've been pretty good there. Wayne Gallman, no touches last week, only two snaps the week before. It's just the Saquon Barkley show. $1,000 for Wayne Gallman is way overpriced. Even if he was 200, I wouldn't want to play him. You probably get one to two touches at best for like six yards, and it's not great. Uh, Damari Scott, he had his first touches last week against the Packers, but now with Golden Tate back, he'll be bumped down to the number five receiver on this team. Cody Lattimore below him will be bumped from being a number three in the rotation receiver at heavy dose to now being the number four wide receiver with Golden Tate coming back and really not getting a ton of usage. So uh, that, those are my yeses. Those are all my maybes. We changed a couple live. I like doing that when I talk out loud a little bit for it. So now I have a total of 14 players in this player pool. Again, if you're going to play 150 lineups and you're watching this, whether it's the high stakes or the low stakes, the dollar stakes, 50 cent, whatever it is, you should probably add Giants defense for the heck of it, right? You should probably add Aguilar if he's healthy. Maybe you want to put a slate in or some Wentz lineups in there. If I played 50 lineups tonight, I'd probably full on fade Wentz. That's just the way that I go about it with those price points. But I understand if you didn't want to against such a bad pass rush and secondary, it's a really easy shot for Wentz to just be in the winning lineups by scoring 30 points here, right? Um, easy if he if he obviously gets there, but it's some of the one of the easiest matchups, if not the easiest combination of weak secondary, weak pass rush that you'll find in the league. So that's where I'm at right now. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. If you did, please do hit that like button. Let's see if we can get to 200 likes in this video. And let me know down below, who's your favorite play below the $5,000 range? Comment that down below. You have to be a subscriber to enter into this contest. $25 PayPal will be awarded on the final thoughts week 15 
opinion video at the end of the week. All the videos that you comment on during this week, if you hit a five-star rate and review and also comment on that to let me know, um, you will also be entered in three extra um, raffles. So only like three people do that a week. I'm going to start, I want to start getting more fan involvement, some more viewer involvement. So whether it's reading those reviews on there, uh, give me some ideas. Uh, we'll, we'll ask the community, give me some ideas. If you're still watching to this point, what do you think are some ways that I can get involvement um, from the fans in these videos, right? Saying something that somebody wrote a review is one way to do it, but is there something better that you can think about something that's fun that we can do reoccurring, maybe fresh idea. I think that's a pretty cool thing that we can try and work out. So thank you for tuning in. Please do follow me on my social medias at Salvetry DFS on Twitter, Salvetry on Instagram. You can follow me over as well on Facebook, Salvatry Facebook page, and then Patreon exclusive content. If you want more stuff from me, if you like the work that I do, want to support my work even more, I have a ton of more content over on Patreon, some exclusive stuff. It is the way that as an independent content creator, I make the majority of my income. So you can check that out if you're interested. It is high quality work. It's about 350, or at least a lot of people consider it that. There's about 350 uh, patrons over there right now. So thank you all so much. Thank you all the patrons out there. Hit that subscribe button before you go. Five-star rate interview on the audio version. And I ask you, just tell tell a friend about it. Um, if you know somebody who plays DFS, uh, shoot them a text message, you know, uh, share it on Twitter, whatever you might do. Uh, just share the word about the channel if you think this content is valuable. So thank you so much. I do appreciate it. You all rock. Have a great rest of your day. Peace out. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.